0: Another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. This is your boy, Ja. Hey, you know it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another week. Another episode of Fantasy Football Tips and Tricks uh, provided by yours truly. And uh, this week, we want to go ahead and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles gang. And we also want to go ahead and get into the AFC West. Uh, Dugo, I know you got a special player on the Eagles who you always praise year in and year out. Uh, Mr. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, Uh, you got any thoughts on Mr. Quarterback Jalen Hurts right now?
1: So, I mean, I think he's going to be special this year. I mean, I don't really have any stock in this kid quite yet. I mean, i got a couple more redraft leagues that I have coming up this next weekend, so hopefully I can get some stock in them. Uh, But nonetheless, dude, I mean, I have all the faith in the world in this kid to be another top three quarterback. I really do. This man. Yeah, man, he's straight up a man. I mean, this guy is going to get you in a position to win your league. He also has a lot of people that you can easily handcuff with. So if you have someone like a AJ Brown that you're in love with or, you know, a Devonte Smith, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard,
0: DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts is a weapon and right now he's going off the boards as the QB three and fantasy football drafts. If any of you guys enjoyed a wonderful draft with family and friends over this last weekend, you might've got him, and, uh, you know, you're probably excited about it. Uh, right now, Dugo, he's going as the 24th player off the board in fantasy football. So that's yeah. that's after Josh Allen and after jo- or, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But with Jalen Hurts, I mean, the ceiling's high because he's a Russian quarterback.
1: Right, right.
0: Do you have him over or under 700 rush yards on the year?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's a tough number off the top of my head. I mean, what did he get last year? Just to give me a, a rough estimate of what he'd be competing against so I can put it in perspective to him having a great year.
0: Last year Jalen Hurts had seven hundred and sixty yards on the ground, and then he also had seven hundred and eighty four the year before.
1: Um, so, so yeah, I I would say he probably gets just over seven hundred. I mean, I don't know how much of a change of an offense is necessarily gonna be with the offensive coordinator leaving. Mm-hmm. Um I feel I think it was their passing coordinator or something like that that took over. Okay. So I mean I'm honestly not too certain i i would assume that jalen Hurts would probably be around i would say probably around that 750 mark again um you know i don't know i don't think it's really gonna uh, sway from that but at the same time you know it's also really good to have with your quarterback another 750 yards when you don't really get that from a lot of quarterbacks
0: yeah that's true and uh you know where he's going right now actually uh, so towards the end of the second round, going into the third round, if you're playing a 12-team league, yep. once again, Jalen Hurts is going as pick 24. Uh, he's basically your swing around 3-1 QB. And depending on what kind of league you play in, obviously, you're probably going to be playing in like a standard PPR, half PPR, not super flex because Hurts is probably first round right. in super flex. But regardless, Hurts is somebody who you can go out there and get. He's good for about 700 you know, yards on the ground. He can maybe get you 3,500 through the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, of his receiving options, uh, he has Dallas Goddard, he has A.J. Brown, he has, you know, Devontae Smith, DeAndre yep. Swift now. Who do you expect to lead this group in terms of receiving yards going into the into the new year?
1: Uh, receiving yards, I would probably have to go with A.J. Brown. I would assume he'd probably rack up more yards again. Uh, what we saw last year, though, is I believe uh, Devontae Smith ended up getting more catches in total, though. And so I would assume that that will probably be on par again. Uh, so look for probably A.J. Brown and more long balls. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would assume Devontae Smith, you know, I would assume he probably ends up with another 90 or so catches.
0: Yeah. Devontae Smith was crazy last year. And right now, I guess Devontae's going, you know, early third, late second. Yeah. A.J. Brown is still that first round caliber of player. Do you feel comfortable taking A.J. Brown if you're at the end of a 12 or 14 team league? Let's say a half PPR.
1: You know, I'm not necessarily sure if I am just because I feel like there's a lot of other value out there. Uh, I typically with me, I usually like taking running back first. Uh, Mm. That's usually just been my strategy since, you know, I was brought into the league and everything. So it would depend on who else is available. But like, you know. Worst case scenario, if all my other guys are off the board that I'm looking at late, like a D honey or something like that, then I would consider it. Yep. But at the same time, I mean, it all just depends on who else is available because there's some reason why he's at the 12.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you can go out there and if you can score a running back early in that first round, in the middle of the first round, uh, late in the first round this year, I like, you know, those Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley type of players. Okay. But if it's Tony Pollard versus A.J. Brown, I think i go Pollard. Yeah, that's fair.
1: I mean, I could definitely see that. I would probably be swaying around the same way myself if I have to be honest. I mean, it's one of those things where you have Pollard in a backfield with no real other competition uh, compared to A.J. Brown, who, I mean, he has another—well, he has a first-round pick wide receiver— uh in his own wide receiver room on top of that they also brought in zakidas who not a lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. i mean they also they lost zach pascal but nonetheless yeah uh but yeah man i mean i feel like that wide receiver room is pretty loaded so i just feel like at the end of the day like in that scenario between uh tony pollard or aj brown probably see me catching uh tony pollard stock in that
0: i like that and uh going to the tight end room we got dallas Goddard. love it love but, him, dude i was so pissed
1: so uh i had a draft last night and uh it was getting towards like the latest rounds towards where i was starting to look for a tight end i Ooh. believe it was like the seventh or eighth okay and you know like i was just looking at who was available and it was like three picks away from me and i saw that dallas goddard was still available somehow wow. eighth round wow and uh yeah dude i uh i was like wait how is this happening to me and so it got like the pick before me, or it was like two picks before me and they snagged them unfortunately
0: that sucks that's the worst but, when you get sniped
1: yeah dude but i ended up with evan ingram so it was still that's all right. yeah i was still living but bro, the
0: worst feeling is when you get sniped and then the person who snipes you that player ends up going crazy
1: dude that happened to me all night all night Dude, just kept getting sniped i was at the one one though so you kind of expect that
0: Dude, that shit happened and I feel you on that because that same thing happened to me last year, right before Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Garrett Wilson, I got sniped by the guy who ended up winning our league. And I was pretty salty about it. And I still am to this day. Uh, but you know, once again, the Eagles are a high powered offense. So you're gonna see a lot of action, a mm-hmm. lot of points from that team, from those receivers, from those running backs. Who are
1: you comfortable uh running back wise with these cats? Because they have a lot of DeAndre them. DeAndre Swift. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell um boston scott i want i want deandre swift so that would be the only one out of the group you would take you wouldn't take gainwell at value towards like the end of the draft or anything like that no interesting i would definitely take him at least for insurance i mean i would definitely take him for insurance i
0: definitely would the reason i wouldn't take him is because if i'm talking like 9th 10th 11th
1: well what about rashad penny you just don't think that either no, of those guys are getting any anything. red? Not, I don't I don't really understand, like understand shopped why shopped you don't any. think they're going to get any work. That's crazy.
0: He's just hurt all the time, bro. I've never seen him play a whole season. It's yeah, like but when years.
1: he was playing, he was playing like an RB1. I had him when he was healthy last year, and that guy put up RB1 numbers damn near every week.
0: Yeah, he's good when he's healthy. It's just, is he going to be healthy?
1: I guess in a, in a room where he has the best offensive line in front of him, Best Uh, offensive
0: line of football, I'll give him that. And
1: then he'll also be getting spelled so he's not heavily relied upon. So it's not, hey, carry the ball three times in a row. Like, that's great for fantasy-wise, but health-wise, you're going to get beaten down a little bit faster. So, I mean, the sheer fact that he'll have DeAndre Swift and kind of game well behind him along with Boston Scott, I just feel like he's going to be healthy. So I just feel like saying that neither of those two guys being kind of Gaywell and Rashad Penny have no value to you. I just feel like that's ludicrous. I never said they
0: didn't have value. I just said I wouldn't take them. That's what you're saying, bro. I said I wouldn't take them. So I said if I had the option to take them, would I take them? And I said no, but I didn't say they didn't have value, just not, you know, in the rounds that I would have to go out there and get them. But, like, that's the thing, too, because DeAndre Swift is going to also get touches in the run game and on the ground and as a rusher. But I don't think he's going to be so far behind to where he can't catch up with the catches and the you know reception yards that he's going to get. So DeAndre Swift is a guy who can easily go out there and catch fifty balls a year. And I know the Eagles and Jalen Hurts aren't exactly like a super heavy you know dump off team, but I think that DeAndre Swift is I think just the most talented running back in that room. Maybe he doesn't have the size that a Rashad Penny has, but I think DeAndre Swift has kind of the most upside. And if I am getting him as the sixty third best player in fantasy football. So we're talking about maybe end of the sixth, beginning of the seventh round uh, in a 10-team league. I like DeAndre Swift as a like, solid RB, two, And you're talking about getting that guy as the seventh player on your team, which that's pretty good value. I'm not saying I don't like Rashad Penny at some point in the draft, maybe a little bit later, like around, you know, round 12 or round 13 or something. But it's just one of those things to where I can also go out there and I can get a Curtis Samuel. I can get a receiver who can pop off likely stay more healthy you know somewhat similar ceiling maybe even a higher ceiling but if you're talking about Rashad Penny or I don't know a good example like even Rashid Shaheed I'm going Rashid Shaheed
1: that's brazy
0: Yep, but that's what I got to say on that and uh yeah I say done facts
1: I mean that's why you end up in the toilet bowl and other people in the pod don't I- I'll say that uh, moving on that to the, the next team, bro. though. Moving on to the next team. Let's that move over to the trip. AFC West, bro. Let's move over to the AFC West. So one guy on um, one team that I drafted last night was my quarterback. Oh, was my quarterback. Oh. It was uh Justin Herbert, and I was really excited about him.
0: I don't like the way you say Herbert. Or Herbert. I don't like that. Herbert. No, you got to call him like Herbo.
1: Herbo? Herbo to de Derbo?
0: How do you so, feel about having Herbert as your quarterback?
1: I'm honestly really excited about it I mean they brought in the new offense <clears throat> they brought in the new offensive coordinator um you know Colin Moore came from the Cowboys it's one of those things to where I feel like they're gonna get the best out of Justin Herbert now I feel like they haven't really had the best offensive scheme for him and so I just feel like with this new with this new fit it's gonna be a lot it's, it's gonna be better than what we've seen before like this guy's put up damn near MVP numbers before in the past. And because of some bad losses, he hasn't gotten that recognition. but I believe like the, I feel like this year though he's gonna be able to put up all the numbers and I feel like he has the maturity now to really pull out the games to you know when it matters most. I mean, we saw it happen in Jacksonville where he lost that game. and so I feel like he's gonna he took that into the off season. He also went and got paid in this off season as well. They brought in a first round receiver for the cat. I think he has a lot going his way this year, especially with, uh, you know, that he has Gerald Everett on the outside as a tight end as well. I I don't know, man. I just feel like this offense is ready to go. And, I mean, they have your boy who you're trying to hype up with, Austin Eckler, as well. They kind of spell him and, you know,
0: take some attention off Herbert. I'm a big Austin Eckler fan.
1: Sounds like it, man. It sounds like it. Tell us a little bit about why you like him.
0: So, Austin Eckler was one of the guys. And so, like, these last few weeks I've been scouting positions and – uh, if you guys follow us on social media, so Fantasy Football with Gumbo, uh, you'll see that I've been posting rankings for you know wide receivers. Uh, I love looking at wide receivers play football. That's one of the reasons I enjoy fantasy. And so every year I kind of do like a list and a ranking system for different positions. Now, why that's relevant to Austin Eckler is because I just started my running backs. And I have Austin Eckler clear and far away as the second best option for running back in fantasy football. Behind who? Behind Christian McCaffrey okay and those guys just have elite they they have crazy receiving upsides in which they can go out there and catch 70 catches for a thousand 700 800 900 yards right and you combine crazy. that with enough touches to go ahead and get you a thousand on the ground rushing or close to a thousand 850 900 whatever it is you're talking about 1, 16 1700 all-purpose yards you're talking about more opportunities to score so now you got double digit touchdowns and add in receptions and you're cooking like you're easily the second or third best player in fantasy cooking with oil i got austin eckler uh, going for about 191 attempts i got 851 yards on the ground 10 touchdowns i think he catches over 100 catches with the new kelly offense he will get i think around 670 ish yards with about wait how many catches i think he has 110
1: you think austin eckler has 110 catches
0: yes uh, for reference, last year in a different offense, not to count more offense, but he had 107 receptions last year. Wow. With, for for 722 yards and five touchdowns. Bro, I was reading that number, and that number was so crazy to me, I was like, am I saying the right thing? Yeah, that just doesn't sound right. Yeah, but Austin Eckler had 107 receptions last year, which is insane for a running back, and he still got over 200 rush attempts. So that's kind of why I think that he's clearly, in a way, the second – at worst third best running back and assuming he stays healthy he's I don't want to say bulletproof because then I'm going to jinx him but I feel good about him what about you
1: I mean I feel good about him last night when I was drafting it was pretty much a three-way tie between uh Justin Jefferson uh Christian McCaffrey who I ended up taking and uh Austin Eckler and I mean I just I kind of put Eckler to the side right away just because with Kellen Moore, I just feel like it is going to be more of a pass-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why they brought in a first-round receiver. Um, and so with that, I went with McCaffrey just because, I mean, if you listen to John Lynch, I mean, we've talked about the 49ers already, but John Lynch was the one who said that, uh, that uh, Christian McCaffrey is the one who kind of puts all this uh, offense together is pretty much the glue for it. So it just made me feel a lot better about taking him.
0: Uh, let me ask you about another guy who I think could catch a lot of passes in uh, Los Angeles, Yeah, at San Diego. What's up? Uh, how do you feel about Keenan Allen this year?
1: I like him, dude. I mean, I still have him on my dynasty league. He's getting a little bit older, but he's one of those guys that I feel like can still put up 10 points every game. I don't know. I just feel like he's pretty much Mr. Reliable. I mean, he's damn near, you know, Mike Evans type. I mean, caliber for me. I like him.
0: Dude, I, f- I like Keenan Allen a lot this year.
1: Really, what what makes
0: him so special about this year compared to others? Well, you talk about Kellen Moore coming over and you know becoming the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, and you talk about the potential for them to pass the ball even more than they did last year. Now, Keenan Allen, while he might be aging, is to me at least the clear and far away wide receiver one on this team. He is always going to get his volume, and we're talking about the volume increasing now with Kellen Moore. Now, if Justin Herbert goes out there, And he has another great year. And we're talking about Justin Herbert. Herbert is a MVP candidate. He's going to have to be tossing those passes up to someone. And while he has a Mike Williams who can go over the top and, you know, get a lot of contested catches, Quentin Johnston might be cool in like the intermediate game. Austin Eckler can catch it out of the backfield. But Keenan Allen's a three-level receiver and he's consistent. He's the vet. He knows where to be. And he's the leader. And uh, for a team that I think could potentially make a push in the playoffs, I like a high-powered offenses, wide receiver one. Right. I, I agree. Keenan Allen's going around the third, fourth round, and I think he has the potential to be top 12 as a receiver off of catches alone.
1: So do you think that Mike Williams can ever get back to the form as he did a couple seasons ago where he was, what, like a top ten wide receiver? Absolutely. You think, so do you think he's going to do that this year, Mike Williams, or do you think that Keenan Allen's going to see too much volume for Mike Williams to be – uh, like that top ten, or I—I I don't even know where Mike Williams was at exactly towards the end of that year. It was crazy though.
0: He was, but pretty... it was
1: also because Keenan Allen was out a lot too.
0: Yeah, so he finished last year as wide receiver thirty-two, mm-hmm. uh, but he only played in thirteen out of seventeen games.
1: Right. What about the year before that, though?
0: The year before that, he played in sixteen. Yep. And he had hundred and twenty-nine targets, seventy-six catches. 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns.
1: Yeah, but what what did he rank as wide receiver-wise?
0: Wide receiver-wise, he was wide receiver 10 and a half PPR. Yeah,
1: yeah. so wide res- he had that one crazy year, but I just feel like with a, a healthy Keenan Allen, I just don't know if I see Mike Williams really getting up there. I mean, especially with trying to integrate in the young Quentin Johnston, who, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get him in later rounds, I feel like he could be one of those swoops that i mean maybe you did that with a brandon Ayuk in the past when he was a rookie Mm -hmm. uh maybe you know maybe he doesn't get a top 30 like Ayuk did that year but i think that uh quentin johnston could definitely be one of those guys that you can plug and play a couple weeks for sure
0: for sure and uh, one last thing on keenan allen uh even last year in an offense that was a little bit slower paced we presume uh he finished the year with only 10 games played but he had 66 catches So 66 catches in 10 games puts him at averaging around, you know, six catches a game. Had he kept pace, he would have ended the season with about 110 receptions, which would have been pretty nice to see. And I think that would have made him like a borderline top 10 receiver. So like I said, I love Keenan Allen for value right now. Third, fourth round guy. I like him as a wide receiver. One option. If you go heavy at, you know, running back or running back quarterback or whatever kind of mixture you do to start the first three rounds out. Yeah. Uh. But I like all the Chargers pass catchers, Dugo, let's take it out to Denver. Denver. We saw a big injury in Jerry Judy. Uh, Looks like his hamstring is Tim Patrick
1: again. Tim Patrick's Patrick's out. out. And so
0: Marvin Mims was a guy that we talked about a lot in the preseason. Yep. Uh, Rookie, you know, scouting. And then they obviously have Cortland Sutton, who. I like him. Yeah. Michael Thomas 2.0. I like him. Uh, I guess out of this, you know, the or uh, Denver offense. Who do you like for value right now?
1: Uh, I guess for value right now, honestly, I think Javante Williams is probably one of the better value picks. I uh-huh. think right now, um, I think he was available last night, if I remember correctly, in like the sixth or so round. Yep. So I mean, if you are talking about someone that I, I think could be at least a Uh, Running back two for you at the Like very bottom Like I really think that this guy could have A special year because he can do A lot and if you know John Payton he usually Likes to use his running backs In all different types of formats so Through the passing game he likes to run Them Uh, you know he's Very you know he likes his running backs. So I mean the sheer fact that he's still there And the fact that he was hoping that Javante would be ready for the preseason So he can get some work in clearly shows that he has some faith in the guy and i mean coming off of an acl I, I feel like he's gonna be hungry as shit so i'm excited for javante williams to get back out there man and like i said value wise i think that this guy has a lot of value
0: yeah i agree shit dude last year he was averaging four catches a game
1: right well i mean you gotta think it's a completely different system yeah but, yeah, man, I think that Javante Williams is one of the guys that I think you can get for value. I mean, obviously, you can get, like, Marvin Mims, I think, towards, like, the 10th or 11th or something like that. You know, he's going to get—his his stock's just going to keep creeping up until we get to week one. So, I mean, the later—or the earlier draft, probably the better for Marvin. But I feel like just overall, like, if you're just looking at drafts the way that they've been falling, I feel like Javante Williams is a good value pick. Uh how are you feeling about Russell this year though? like obviously he was the one who was supposed to make all systems go last year. A lot of people were drafting him kind of high because if you looked at his weapons, he had Jerry Judy Tim patrick uh cortland Sutton mm-hmm. uh you know that had Albert O, who everyone thought the world of um
0: they had a lot of guys they had greg dolchich they had uh i mean mike greg boone. dolchich
1: actually showed out last year if you should, if you ask me i think hey,
0: mike boone was booming
1: yeah i guess so but i guess like do you trust russ this year as far as like a quarterback to like take some of these
0: receivers i don't really want to draft russell wilson but if i could get him at if i can get russell wilson as like the 19th or 20th quarterback off the board and i didn't have a quarterback i I'd be cool with it, I guess. Okay. But the thing that you hope for Russell Wilson is that he get more, he gets more rushes on the ground. And looking at it last year, I mean, he had 55 rush attempts, which you would, I, you would ideally hope that number would increase now that he's reportedly going to be a lot more mobile in the new Sean Payton offense. But the thing about Russell Wilson is that he didn't use his legs too much last year. He typically averages around 75 to 80-ish rush attempts per season. The last two years have been dipped. They've been low. We're talking about 55 rush attempts last year and only 43 the year before. And he averages about five yards of, you know, rush attempt. So you do the math. Let's say he gets back up to his average of 75. He was at 55 last year. He gets 20 more rush attempts at a five yard clip, which means he gets an extra 100 yards.
1: Well, is any of that research, like, just, like, him uh, scrambling out of the pocket and just having to make a play? Like, I feel like that's kind of a big difference between those and, like, designate or design Dude, runs. it's play
0: calling. It's play calling. Because a lot of what they wanted to do last year, at least from how it looked on the outside looking in, is they wanted to have Russell Wilson behind center. You know what I'm saying? Like, three-step drop back. Okay. Like, not really get into, like, his shotgun spread run around shit. Sure,
1: I just I just am wondering because I know his last season with Seattle, he had a terrible offensive line where it left him scrambling a decent amount. So I'm just wondering what if that had a big influence at all with that number at all. Yeah. So that's just that's just what I'm curious about.
0: You can even bring it back to when he was complaining around that end of Seattle run about the offense and they like were trying to shift around the offense that last year and it was weird. It was really weird. But uh, no, I don't really want Russell Wilson. But if I'm you know into like the ninth tenth round i don't have a quarterback why not so i mean yeah i i don't know that wouldn't feel comfortable
1: no not not a huge fan of it either i mean i would rather not um but i mean at the end of the day at the end of the day i feel like it would be one of those things where yeah it wouldn't be the end of the world uh one person that i do feel like would be the end of the world is if i took jimmy g as my quarterback though i don't think i'm comfortable with him at all or honestly I'm not very comfortable taking a lot of these Raiders at all.
0: In a super flex, I'd like Jimmy G as a late-round QB2 option. Okay. Why don't you feel comfortable with Jimmy G, though?
1: I just don't love it. I mean, I don't love the head coach. If So I just don't know if I like Jimmy G because this is going to be one of the worst offensive lines he's ever had to play behind. Along with that, dude, I just don't love the fact that they lost Darren Waller, who I think was a huge target for this team. Obviously, they have Devontae Adams, who, you know, he, yes, he's one of the greatest wide receivers in the NFL right now, so that makes up for a lot, but it's just one of those things to where I'm not sure if Michael Mayer's going to be able to step in and really be able to take that center target, you know, threat away like that, um, and at the same time, Hunter Renfrew's going to be good. Like, I, I, I have all the hope in the world for him just because if you see you know, Jimmy G in the past, he loves his slot guys. So I just feel like with that, Hunter Renfro will probably be able to come back to somewhat of form. I think last year, he ended as like wide receiver 60 or some shit like that. Yep. I would assume he probably comes back down to earth around like wide receiver 40. Ah, uh, so I just right now, dude, like, I just don't know how much I really trust this offense. I don't really think they're going to do all that much. I, I, I feel like they're probably going to be towards like the wild card team again. I, if, If that even worse, maybe closer to the bottom.
0: Yeah, the Raiders have a really interesting offensive line, kind of like you said.
1: Right. I'm just not confident with that at all.
0: They're pretty middle of the road. They may not be the best, I guess, in terms of uh, like raw ability and all that kind of stuff. But I'm reading this article in PFF about some of the offensive line units and the Raiders have one of the most continuous. Uh, These guys have worked together for a while. And, you know, even at left tackle, they got a Colton Miller. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Dylan Perham at left guard. So they have some guys who are
1: When's em- the last time you've ever send, said either of those guys'
0: names? Not since like a Madden fantasy draft.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Just wanna hear I just wanna see yeah. okay.
0: Yeah, Madden shout me out. Let me get a sponsorship. I'm not paying sixty bucks per game. Oh. Yeah. Uh but regardless, that line is cool. And I think that Josh Jacobs is somebody who could contend for the Russian title again this year. And Dugo you I might. don't
1: know, man. I feel like they might integrate, uh, who the hell, uh, Zamir White a lot more than what they did in previous or in last year's season. I mean, this year, at least leading up to it, when uh, Josh Jacobs was holding out, now he's uh, signed contract allegedly, going to be back in camp. Uh, but, you know, Zamir White was supposedly going to be that number one. So... I feel like if they had him going through the whole training camp as the one, they'll probably at least give him more reps than the, than what happened previously.
0: Yeah. Even looking at last year for Josh Jacobs, he had over 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 53 receptions. Receptions or touches? Receptions. He had 53 receptions last year. I thought
1: you said 350 receptions. I'm sorry.
0: No, no. He had 340 rush attempts.
1: 340 rush attempts. Okay.
0: And 53 catches. Okay. End of the year, RB3. And even if he regresses by five or 10%, he's still shit with those kind of numbers. Top five, six running back maybe. But I mean, I like Zamir white in dynasty. And I think this is a year where he's going to get more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about Zamir white? If he doesn't, I guess like pop out this year.
1: No, just because I mean, Josh Jacobs is still on a one-year deal. Like it's not like they really like did anything to really impress him with this contract either. So I feel like he probably took what he could this year. And then, once he's off the tag or whatever, he'll be able to go into free agency and demand what he wants.
0: Dude, how do you feel about Amir Abdullah? All uh, right. Nah, dude, I'm not really
1: buying that stock this year I think last year I was kind of high on him Because with the Josh McDaniels system Coming from New England and bringing him with What? Like, you could just kind of see there was some sort of connection There was was
0: kind of a connection from day one uh,
1: he actually scored a couple touchdowns last year So, like, it was kind of cool but uh, I'm probably not taking him as year.
0: Dude, we're scared. No. I don't fuck with him, you're Abdullah.
1: Yeah, I don't really fuck with them, dude. Last year was probably the last year I'd fuck with him, unfortunately. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs>
1: <what>? <laughs> like last year, like it was kinda cool. Like, I mean, it was the first year in the McDaniel system coming from New England. And then, you know, it was like, oh, like, you know, maybe he will bring some of that patriot gl- patriot luck with him. Which didn't really happen, and he was kind of just mid, but he scored a couple touchdowns oh if, he sc- shit, if, you, uh, if he's played him those
0: games. Damn, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, bro. I'm kind of a hater.
0: You called him mid, dude.
1: Yeah, bro. He's fucking mid.
0: Dude. Would- he
1: probably lesser than mid, if you ask me. Oh,
0: shit, dude. Compared to other
1: people in the NFL, dog? I don't
0: know, dog. Uh, all right. So, Raiders, crazy. Devontae Adams, do so you think he's a top 10 wide receiver? I got him closer to... Yeah, I think he's end, 10 top still. ten still. I, end, I think you'll you'll probably still be top ten. I mean, just off of volume, he's making way too much money to not give him targets. He, yeah. The, the the thing I worry about with him and Jimmy G is that Jimmy G is going to throw it not as deep. It's, right. t- it's going to be a lot more shorter routes, and like, you, might still see the same amount of targets and catches. But if that average depth of target is decreased by even a yard and a half, you're talking about he might have a hundred and something catches, but have. 150 200 less yards than he had the year before
1: yeah dude i just i'm not sure exactly what ta- like i'll still probably draft him if i'm towards like the end of the first and i can still get someone else on the wrap around. uh but yeah man like it's one of those like it, it's kind of sketch like i said dude. do like with jimmy g it's just it i think it really shortens the field compared to when you had Derek Carr as a quarterback of this team
0: now Tay last year was actually wide receiver three which is crazy because i wasn't thinking about that a few seconds ago. But regardless, he had 100 catches exactly and 1,500 receiving yards. Right. And, you know, 14 touchdowns. But right. Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo starts throwing it. I don't know. Let's say he starts getting the ball and getting 13 yards per catch. Last year, he averaged 15.1 yards per catch. Let's say he goes down to 13.5 and he still has 100 catches. That's 150 less yards, which is going to take him out of that wide receiver Three range that top five wide receiver range and now you're talking about maybe not like a large boost back but i would also presume that with Set less back. efficient targets less touchdowns instead of 14 touchdowns maybe you only get 11 10 but that's enough to go ahead and boost you down a wide receiver seven or eight which is kind of where i got him right now uh do you like jacoby myers on the opposite side
1: not really not really i don't know like i There's not, like I said before, dude, like, I just, there's not a lot of people that I'm really excited about on this team. Like, if it comes down to value, maybe I'll end up scooping a couple people, but that's, I feel like it's going to be very few and far between just because, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this offense isn't super explosive, so it just comes down to... Who, who am I willing to take at value, you know? And at that point, I would probably say the people I take at value would be Devontae if I can get him at the end of the first or if I can get him on the wrap around or wrap uh, in the second. Okay. Otherwise, you know, like I said, like I think that Hunter Renfro is going to have somewhat of a bounce back year. So depending on where he's getting drafted, if you have that number handy at all, um, I, I just feel like Hunter Renfro would probably be a value pick I would take this year. Yo,
0: he's way down the list.
1: But like, even like Josh Jacobs was being taken towards like the, like middle of the second. So, I mean, even that. Bro, I
0: Renfro's mean, going after Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's pretty crazy. And Marquez valdes gantling It's
1: pretty wild, honestly. What are you guys doing out there? Let's draft Hunter Renfro a little bit higher.
0: Yeah. Jaden Reed's getting more draft. That's crazy. Guys. Bro. That is hell? crazy value. He's worth it. He's somebody you should go out there and get at the end of the draft, especially if you're playing PPR. And you know, he's a good floor guy.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he would be a, one of those guys I would be able to take for value for sure.
0: I like Mike Mayer dynasty wise. Yeah. I like Mike Mayer in redraft, but he's one of those guys that you're gonna have to sit through a rough first half of the year for.
1: You th- probably just let him be on the free agency wire then till middle of season. No. If Is, you he he draft- drafted? Is he even getting drafted?
0: He, he's getting drafted before Hunter Renfro. That's
1: crazy, guys. What are tight we doing? End. What are we doing, guys? <laughs> like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. But I think he could uh, have a rough, you know, first six, eight weeks and then kind of start to get more comfortable and, you know, do his thing when he gets to the second half of the season.
1: Let's hope so. For your sake, I mean, you're really banking on him.
0: Yeah, got him in the third round. Third round of our Dynasty draft? Good luck. Rookie draft? Good luck. Uh, but yo, okay. Like Michael Mayer, one of my favorite tight ends, just in general for Dynasty, but another tight end that I have respect for is George Kittle.
1: George Kittle.
0: And also have respect for all the other great tight ends in the league, like Mark Andrews, and uh, most importantly of all of them, Travis Kelsey.
1: Travis Kelsey.
0: The only tight end I would ever consider drafting in the first round, if I'm picking at Picks eight, pick seven, pick nine, and Travis Kelsey becomes available. I'm doing it.
1: I don't know if I'm taking a a tight end in the first round. Like, I'm a huge tight end supporter. I mean, shout out to all the great tight ends out there Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, like you said. I mean, but at the end of the day, dude, like, I just don't think it's necessarily worth it. Like, I mean, it could be in the sunset you're getting extra points at a position where people are typically. Typically, going to be getting around seven, eight points a game. And with this person, you can get like 15 sometimes. But I mean, if you could also get someone else, like, you know, like who's who could slide out towards the top 10 or towards the end of the 10?
0: So if Kelsey's going at six, you got Cooper Cup going at eight, and you got Stephon Diggs going at 10, you got Saquon Barkley going at nine, you got Bijan Robinson going I mean, at seven. Like,
1: just straight up, like, I, I would probably take Cooper Cup before Kelsey. Yeah, I would too. Like, I I just feel like there's some value. There's obviously a value there for Kelsey, but at the end of the day, like, you could get Mark Andrews in the third or fourth or wherever he's going, and he's going to get you probably just about the same amount of
0: points, if you ask me. I confidently have Cooper Cup as wide receiver one if uh, if Matt is healthy.
1: Which, I mean, he's definitely looking like he will be this year.
0: I think he's going to. I have a bounce back here. Mm -hmm. But bringing it back, yeah, it's tough. I like Travis Kelsey a lot. If I can get him at, like I said, 7, 8, 9, I'm cool with that. I'm not taking him before I take a Cooper Cup. I would take Travis Kelsey before I took Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I would. Because I think Saquon, on that shitty-ass offense, if he averages 16, 17 points a game, then that's cool. But, I mean, even last year, Kelsey averaged 15 and this year, I mean, they added a Rasheed Rice in the draft and, you know, Richie James. But, you know, I don't think Daneric Price is going to be stopping Travis Kelsey from having another monster year.
1: Well, I mean, considering Daneric Price plays running back,
0: I don't think yeah. so either. Who's his competition? Kadarius Tony?
1: No, I mean, like, obviously he's going to be like the number one on that team for sure. But the sheer fact that if he gets any sort of amazing connection with Rasheed Rice or... You know, Marquez, valdez Gantling, uh, you know, Sky Moore. I mean, like the sheer fact I don't all I'm saying is like, yeah, like there's not a lot of things you can do to stop Travis Kelsey, which I mean obviously grants first round capital, but it's just one of those things, dude. Like I just don't feel right taking a, a tight end in the first. I don't know, man. Like I could be wrong. And I mean it might be the end of all of my draft strategies, but yeah, I'm not taking Travis in the first
0: yeah that's crazy <laughs> the <That's really, laughs> that lineup was crazy dude uh but yeah no i like i like travis kelsey i mean even if you're right like he's not going to be the highest scoring guy in that round by by any means but if you have a cool rest of the draft and you can go scoop a guy like a keenan allen in the third round you can go get a josh jacobs who could contend for rb1 in the second round uh you can make up for it and you could still have a pretty good team but I guess, uh, you know, moving out to quarterback, the face of the league. Face of the league. He goes by Patrick, last name Mahomes.
1: Oh, him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've 15. heard of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, know. I've heard of him. QB1 this year? Yeah.
1: I, he would have to be in that consideration, right? Oh, I, mean, I mean, the only way he is not is, I mean, on the off chance that Lamar is able to throw for, like, 3,000 or so, and then he also runs for, like, an extra, like, 1,500 as well. Like, that'd be pretty wild, and I could see it happening if you ask me. But I don't know. Like, there's, there's only few people who could really stop him from being number one, and it's the sheer fact that other people just have better rushing ability, I would say.
0: Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the QB one in fantasy for me. I think he's the undisputed QB1. The last three years, he's finished only as low as QB2. One QB2 finish, two QB1 finishes in the last three years. Meanwhile, is Mahomes, who had a QB1 last you know year last year. He doesn't run as much. He doesn't. He, he's way too valuable. But last year, he finished as one. But the last two years prior to, so we're talking 2021 and 2020, he finished as QB4. The year before that, he finished as QB7. So you're talking about Josh Allen, who's been QB one two of the last three years and then QB two last year. I really do think it's still his quarterback title to claim. But if anybody could beat him out for it, it's Patrick Mahomes, and I think Rasheed Rice is gonna help. You're right. Rasheed Rice is gonna be like Brandon Ayuk on the Chiefs. What Rasheed Rice is gonna be that possession, crazy catch, five to seven catch a game guy. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: yeah, I'm excited for him, man. Like that's it's one of the reasons why I'm not gonna take Travis Kelsey in the first. Is, I mean, I'm sorry. Like I want people, I want to get Patty Mahomes stock for sure. And I could just wait until later in the draft to get a guy like Rasheed Rice, who I think could end up being, dude. I think this guy could be a top thirty uh, wide receiver this year for sure.
0: Easy. He's going as the one hundred and fiftieth player off the board. So that's going to be around, like, the wide receiver 40-ish, 40s range. But, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. I think Rasheed Rice could go crazy. I think he can go out there and get you four or five catches a game, which yep. is great volume for a rookie. Yep. And I like him a lot. What do you think about uh, Kadarius Toney?
1: I don't love it, dude. I just – you talk about someone who's injury prone. I just – I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be banged up until the post- or until the playoffs, and then once that happens, he's miraculously going to stay healthy. and. Hopefully, try to go win another Super Bowl. But I feel like he's gonna be way too beat up, or he's gonna supposedly be way too beat up. And then, and then, yeah, like I said, playoffs coming. Then he's gonna be healthy. So like, I don't you, love him for. Real, I don't really love it for uh, fantasy wise. He
0: played nine games last year.
1: Yeah, I just he has way too many, you know, just health issues for me. It's one of those things that I would, I would like to take him at some point. But I mean, for value, I think Rasheed Rice is around the same position so it's one of those things where I would rather take the guy who has something to prove and I think has that dog in him compared to someone who has a fucking New York giant fucking tattoo on his back
0: yeah man fuck Um, that guy all right so yeah man I I'm a hater yeah for sure Clyde Edwards Hilaire no, <laughs>
1: no, I would probably take Isaiah Pacheco though, depending on where he's getting drafted. I mean, I like Isaiah. I think he's probably going to be the wide or the running back one on this team. And so with that, I mean, they got to run the ball. I mean, they can't be predictable. That's one thing that Anna Reed, Andy Andy Reid knows how to do. And you can also see that Isaiah Pacheco also gets a lot of receiving work as well. So if you're in a half PPR or full PPR league. He can get you some points that way as well. Unless, you know, Jarek McKinnon just comes through and just absolutely wrecks him again with PPR. I mean, that shit was crazy.
0: Yeah, dude. Jarek McKinnon is one of those guys who just never goes away.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, he came through last year and stole how many touchdowns towards the end. Like, it was crazy. I was so pissed off. I think I played him twice at the end of the year.
0: Dude, Jarek McKinnon had nine nine reception touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns through the year.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure I've faced him two weeks. Bro, at least one
0: week. That's more than a lot of wide receiver ones had. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jerick McKinnon's. Yeah. You taking him at value at all? I'd like him at the end of the draft. Yeah. I'd like him at the end of the draft. So, I mean, even right now where he's going, I think he's a little, he's a little bit underrated. Uh, I don't know. I like Clyde Howard's hilarious a little bit more because I think he gets more rush attempts.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I just feel like at the end of the day, though, like what gets you the points the most is not rush attempts, it's touchdowns. So, I mean, if I can get a guy who can get me all those touchdowns, damn, dude, like I'll just throw him in the games that I think he can, you know, go out there and vulture.
0: So, in 12 team leagues, Jarek McKinnon's going in about the 10th round, end of the 10th, going into the 11th round. Okay. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire is basically going undrafted. So, you can get him after you get a defense and a kicker.
1: Yeah, but like at the end of the day though, like how much work is he gonna get? Like it seems like his workload has dropped more and more each year.
0: Uh he's been hurt a lot. He's never played a full season. He played ten games in each of the last two seasons. So yeah, he needs to stay on the field, but he scores touchdowns. Like he had six touchdowns last year and only ten Brazy. games. Brazy. So he gets his opportunity and Andy likes to use him. Like, Andy took him in the first round. He probably has a little bit of pride in Clyde. Pride in Clyde. A little bit. And maybe they can sign him back at discount. Who knows? But when Clyde's healthy and he's on the field, he actually is pretty dang good. He just, he's just not on the field enough. And that's, like, the thing that keeps him from being great. Because I know there was a lot of hype around him when he went ahead of Jonathan Taylor. And a lot of leagues, you know. Dynasty, two, three years ago. He lands on the Chiefs. Taylor lands on the Colts. Everyone's like, oh,
1: my God. Crazy.
0: i was one of those people too i thought ch was a scoop at one crazy but he never panned out he feels like trey lance at running back rip a lot of potential but just never you know like did what we thought he was gonna do with it and long story less long i think clyde's a cool scoop at the end of the at the end of the draft because he has the clearest one runway to rb1 status
1: i don't think so of
0: anyone in like that realm of the draft
1: In maybe that realm of the draft, but I feel like that's kind of a stretch.
0: He doesn't have a clear pathway to RB1 like a David Montgomery. He
1: doesn't have a clear path to RB1 on his own team, bro. Like, first he has to get healthy, and then he has to beat the three motherfuckers in front of him.
0: I think he gets more snaps than Isaiah Pacheco next year. If he's healthy. I don't think so. I think he's on the field more than Isaiah Pacheco.
1: We'll see what happens, man. But I feel like uh, relevancy matters. And if you see what... Isaiah Pacheco was able for do for the Chiefs even in the Super Bowl by scoring a touchdown in a game that actually mattered. I think that's gonna go a long way. I don't know, man. I just feel like Isaiah Pacheco is gonna probably be that guy.
0: Yeah. Pacheco's cool. I like him as a bruiser back too. Uh but no, yeah, you're right. So, like, I don't know. Clyde is one of those guys that
1: Yeah, I, I so like I'll agree with you. I at, think at,
0: for value, if you're talking sixteenth round, end of the draft, last shot. Like, yeah, I like Clyde. Because he's going as the 205th player off the board.
1: Sure, yeah. For Val, you, he he's cool. Like, you can throw him on the, end of, the you know, end of your squad. But at the same time, like, depending on how many people you have in your draft and everything, I mean, you could also be looking at some damn near like an Adam Thielen around that round, too. Like, Adam Thielen's nah. getting disrespected. Thielen's I think... Thielen's going way sooner. A little bit sooner, but not much depending on where you're drafting. I don't know, And who you're drafting with. I mean, last night, I got... Adam Thielen in the 15th round.
0: Oh, that's crazy.
1: So I'll just say that.
0: How do you feel about it?
1: I love it, dude. I think, honestly, if we want to talk about my draft for a second, that was probably the best value pick that I had.
0: Wow. Wait, what about Justin Herbert?
1: I mean, Justin Herbert was great, but I mean, I I got him at value. Like, I'm talking like someone that I feel like I kind of swooped. Like, okay. I felt like the rest of my league was sleeping on this what guy. Your,
0: what are your wide receivers looking like?
1: Uh, so wide receiver one, we're looking at Jalen Waddle, wide receiver two, uh, you're going to like this one. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like that. And then wide receiver three, Amari Cooper, wide receiver four, George Pickens and five Adam Thielen.
0: I'm on raw and Jalen Waddle might lead you there. Who are your who are your uh, your running backs?
1: Running backs, I got Christian Caffrey. I had the one one, and then I also was able to swoop James Conner, and I believe the sixth
0: round. Who's your RB three?
1: RB three, you're going to be looking at either James Cook or Rashad White. Okay,
0: solid tight end. Uh,
1: tight end, uh, previously stated, Evan Ingram. I also have Dalton Kincaid.
0: Did you say you had uh, Gerald Everett?
1: No, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you guys could look at for value in your drafts, though. I think that this guy is going to be able to, you know, kind of dissect the middle of the field, especially, you know, if uh, Quentin Johnston is sitting out for a couple snaps or something like that. I think that uh, Gerald Everett, uh, really good value for tight end if you're looking for a late tight end swoop.
0: Hey, fuck it. This is the episode before a lot of you draft next weekend during Labor Day. So I'm just going to give you my draft scoops. I'm going to give you the guys that I think are going for crazy value. What's going on? I'll be quick about it too. But you know, when it comes to running backs, I think there's a lot of value there. And one of the guys that I think y'all should be paying a lot more attention to is truthfully is Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs could be in store for another big year. I think if he's, you know, Josh Jacobs again, and he gets about 300 touches on the ground, he had well more than that last year. But if he gets 300 touches on the ground,
1: That was kind of like an anomaly, Josh Jacobs, though. So, like, if you're saying the Josh Jacobs that we're we're used to, like.
0: That's with regression, though, because that's that's assuming he has 30 to 40 less attempts next year. Sure. At 300 only. Sure. So, like, being conservative, I'm saying that Josh Jacobs could go out there and get you about 300-ish yards, get you about 1,350 on the ground, nine touchdowns. He had 53 receptions last year. Let's say he gets 43 and he goes for 280 instead of 360, that's enough for him to still be considered a top 10 running back, if not closer to six or seven.
1: Sure. And yeah, like you can get this guy in like the middle of the second, late second. So yeah, like it's pretty,
0: sometimes, yeah,
1: depending on who you're drafting with. I feel like a lot of people who are drafting him in the third, I, I'm not sure who the hell they're drafting with, but yeah, this guy, he has some good value depending on where you're drafting, him, I guess. But mm-hmm. I just feel like at the end of the day, I don't know, man. Like, it was kind of his anomaly year. Like, it wasn't what we're used to. The previous years, I mean, there's a reason why they didn't pick up this guy's, like, the guy's option.
0: Josh Jacobs feels like that running back who's perfectly placed in terms of ADP. Right now he's going as, like, uh, the 18th player off the fantasy boards. That feels perfect. That's perfect range to get him as, like, an RB6, RB7 prospect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, after the first round guys clear out and you you get D-Henny out of here and shit. So he's somebody I like a lot for running backs. Okay. And a guy that I like a lot, a lot, a lot for receivers is DeAndre Hopkins.
1: I don't know if I like him as much as you. Like, he's going to be cool and everything, but I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be top 10. I don't think so. I think top 15 could be more in his wheelhouse.
0: I like DeAndre Hopkins. So for reference, if you think that Keenan Allen might go for 105 catches, I think DeAndre Hopkins could go for 95 with a longer depth of target, giving him more yardage. I think that he's going to be a red zone guy, maybe one of the only receiving weapons in which he might get 10 touchdowns next year. If DeAndre Hopkins gets six or seven catches a game, 80 to 105, 110 yards a game, touchdown every other.
1: Dog, I'm just nervous because I feel like Tennessee is like where older receivers go to die. Like, if you look at any sort of, you know, like, I I don't know what... Like, any sort of pattern, like, Julio Jones, right after he left the Falcons, went there. Haven't heard of him since. Randy Moss went there and died.
0: I mean... He didn't die. yeah I know what you mean. Like, he regressed.
1: He, yeah, like, he went there and we never heard of him again. Like, I just feel like it's one of those places to where... Like, I think D-Hop, I, I don't think the fall-off is going to be there. He's just so talented, and I mean... He has so much to prove and everything. Like, I'm willing to give him, like, top 15, top 20 praise to start the year. But, I mean, dude, like, if you look at anything, that's that's where old receivers go, and like, I, you never hear of him.
0: I still think of D-Hop as a top 10 receiver in the league when he's healthy and on, on the field. He has amazing hands. He runs routes crazy. Amazing body control.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, you can look at his skills and everything. You can say top 10, but, I mean, you also have to look at the offense he's going to be in, who his quarterback it's, is.
0: You have to look at the Titans, too, because you look at Derrick Henry, yeah. who has the Titans offensive line, which might be the worst in the NFL. It's god-awful. I think it's ranked 32nd, like, whatever, but D. Henny is D. Henny, and he's a monster. And yeah. so we drive D. Henny because we trust D. Henny. DeAndre Hopkins for at least 85, 90% of his career has just been an alien. Like, he just goes out there and he gets his yardages. He gets his catches. He gets his touchdowns. It doesn't
1: matter that he's been thrown to by Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray the whole time and also uh, Colt McCoy. Kyler
0: Murray's been hurt the last two years. There's been a lot of Colt McCoy and random Arizona, like, backup quarterbacks. Like we I think Ryan, we haven't
1: seen a lot of de, uh we didn't see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins.
0: I think Ryan Tannehill and Kyler Murray throw a similar deep ball. I, I don't. Wouldn't, I, don't think, I wouldn't say similar deep. I don't. Ball. I don't think it's like that much of a drop off. If if anything, it might be as good or an improvement. Bro, Kyler's like five ten. You can't even see over the line of scrimmage. He just tosses it up.
1: Yeah, but Kyler Murray has a very talented arm. That's one thing I'll give him. I think that he makes some wild decisions. But I think that I can depend on him to get the ball there in some situations, especially a deep ball.
0: Yeah. I just, I'm not sleeping on Ryan Tannehill and I'm also not sleeping on Will Levis if he gets him there. Oof, DeAndre Hopkins has done better with worse. Remember Houston? Yeah.
1: Deshaun Watson?
0: I'm sorry. DeAndre Hopkins has done better with worse. Who? DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, but who has he done worse with? Or who has is, who is he done better with?
0: All the Texans quarterbacks. So you're talking about Ryan Mallett. You're t- terrible. Uh, you're talking about fucking Matt Hasselback or Matt Schaub, I'm sorry. You're talking about Matt Schaub and like all these like
1: I'm pretty sure he only had one year in Houston without
0: Deshaun Watson. Are you sure about that? Because Deshaun Watson came in twenty
1: I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hopkins went in the first round top five of the year before Deshaun Watson was took taken number one overall by the Houston Texans. I know that I'm pretty sure I'm no I know that because they were both on Clemson.
0: You would be wrong.
1: Oh, okay.
0: DeAndre Hopkins was drafted in 2013.
1: Okay, and when was... Uh...
0: Watson was a part of the 17 class with Mahomes. Whoa. About four years. Wow,
1: I am off on that then. Yep. I'll eat that.
0: But, yeah, no, D-Hop has always been good, even no matter where he's been with whoever the quarterback's been. I mean, Ryan Tenhill's not Kyler, but at the same time, like, I think Ryan Tenhill throws a cool deep ball. He's an average quarterback, right? He's Kirk Cousins' light. Oh, and that's all D Hop needs is just targets, and I think even with the coach, who what's the coach's name on Tennessee? Mike Vrabel. Bro, Mike Vrabel's just he worked with D Hop, I think, in Houston. Yeah, and he's just gonna be like, yeah, that's my boy. Throw it up, he'll catch it. Watch this.
1: Sure, but I mean, all I'm saying is that you can throw it up and everything. It's just the sheer ability of the quarterback to get it there, and for him not to underthrow it, and for a cornerback or DB to be able to just you know, slide through quick and pick it off. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I'm trying not to shit on him. I think he's going to still have a good year. It's just I don't think it's going to be top 10 by any means.
0: I also like Jahan Dawson, dog. Okay. I think that Jahan Dawson could be a really nice low-end wide receiver 2 for you, Uh, high-end wide receiver 3. He's someone who's going for value, I think, as the wide receiver 50. And a lot of ADPs and Wild. a lot of fancy drafts, mm-hmm. but if he's twenty eight, that's a great return on value. And he was somebody who was on pace to finish around that realm last year, had he not missed you know a few games due to injury. But fun fact: if you like Christian Watson and you think Christian Watson was explosive, well, Jahan Dotson in only ten to twelve games, I believe, he had seven touchdowns. Yep, led rookies in touchdowns and reception touchdowns, tied Christian Watson out of. Green Bay. So if you're high on Watson, you should be high on Dotson. Dotson. Love y'all. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is John.
1: Hey, it's over We appreciate y'all tuning in again. Thanks for tuning in with those hot tops. Lance, you taking them Conference roommate day in the wolves. Lance here work. I was up a search